Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Ears Podcast, produced by Terrier TV and sponsored by Edna Wilson with Celebrate Remax Aerospace. Uh, go find Edna Wilson at ednawilson.com for all your home buying and selling needs. What up, guys? There it we go. Season three. Season three. Of the Ears Podcast. I think we're, what, like almost 80 episodes in? Something like that, yeah. Mind-boggling. I just like the word boggling. It sounds weird when you say it. So do you have... It, you're all dry now. I'm not dry. Well, your hair is dry. <laughs> I but, am dripping. You're, you're, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we took a boat to get here. <laughs> we, <laughs> yes, all of us. So uh, let me real quick introduce our guest for today. Oh, yes, and then let's we'll, do that. And then we'll jump into kind of talking about all the other weird stuff that's been going on all of our lives. Uh, today we're on the podcast, we are joined by Tracy Frampton with the Florida Wildlife Hospital. Tracy, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. We all got ridiculously soaked coming in here. It was uh, quite entertaining. Yes. I remember at one point, Bill goes, I think it's let up. And we I walked did. outside and I was I like, said you I was were like, wrong. This, is, oh, a, I was very this wrong. is not true. This is bad. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, this has always been a cool room and it's legit cool today. It's freezing. Yeah, yeah it's a little cool. <laughs> it's pretty nuts. So Bill. Yes, sir. Over the summer, you did I Alaska, traveled a little bit. Yeah. Alaska. Went and, to Alaska. In the Midwest. Went to Alaska, 18 days in Alaska. Tell um, all about it. Tell us all no, about you it. You can't tell all about it. I well, mean, it was great. I will tell you what. A lot of people told me when you go to Alaska, the weather is it's it's a crapshoot whether you know what you're going to get and uh we were very very fortunate we had outstanding weather every day but one day there was one day then it was just rainy and the cloud cover was really low and it was the day that we were supposed to go flying over mount denali and um there were some in our group that really didn't want to do that flight (laughs) And they willed it. Was, it, it was like <laughs> they willed the rain. It, it, they did. It was like, <laughs> you know, you know. God said, "Okay, you don't have to go, <laughs> and you can get all your money back." And it worked out. That oh way? yeah, yeah. So, so they canceled the flights. They canceled them. They did say, "Well, we can take you on this little thirty-minute hop in the local valley. We'll go looking for wildlife if you want." in this little uh, Piper Cub, if you want. No. And my brother and I said, "Yeah, we'll do that." And so we went up, and he took us up for like 30 minutes, and we went around. My head hit the ceiling four different times because <laughs> you're just going boom. And he's like, you guys okay? Oh, yeah, man. Let's go. Let's go. And we had a great time. It was fun. My anxiety would never let me enjoy okay. that. The, the other people that we were with, none of them would have done it either. No, <laughs> no. Uh-uh. It wasn't going to happen. It's part of an adventure. Oh, it is. It is. It, it, it was fun. Yeah, I mean, chances are you're going to make it back from it. But if you don't, it was an adventure. There you go. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. It was fun. Yeah, it was, glad fun. You had a it was good a good time. time. It was a really good time. Uh, so I think I've been to Chicago twice over the summer and to Belize once. Um, so we went down to Belize and uh, did some croc work and did just a bunch of, just had a, had a bunch of fun. We ended up pretty much touring the entire country while we were down there. Now, how, I know last time you went, there, yep. there were a lot of restrictions. It was still kind of like it was COVID, still COVID restriction lockdown, yeah. and lockdowns. How was it this time? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all gone. They don't ask you for any type of information whatsoever. Um, before you had to have your shot record to get in, your shot record to get out. You had to get tested before you'd leave, before you'd get in. Uh, no, that's going on anymore. Uh, there's no there were lockdown hours down there. They would actually, you weren't allowed out of your homes at certain times at night. Right. That was one of the nights I told you we got locked in the shrimp farm. I had to walk back home in the middle of the night in right. Belize City. It was pretty exciting. Uh, as a bunch of <laughs> Americans in the middle of COVID lockdown, it was a blast. Um, Frank <laughs> yeah, almost went to jail. We all almost went to jail. It was great. Uh, 
it's funny. Anytime Marissa and I get together, uh, which is our colleague down in uh, Belize, she runs the Crocodile Research Coalition that we do research with, there ends up being some sort of craziness that happens. Uh, this time, we, there was none of that while we were on the trip, but we made it to the uh, to some Mayan ruins, uh, climbed some ruins, looked at some stuff. It was it was it was an epic trip. We have a an intern that's uh, with us right now. Her name's Rebecca, and she's actually just started her biology degree this week at UCF. So she's she's a young and she's 21. And I had told her, I'm like, look, when it comes to working with wildlife, uh, working with crocodilians, working with reptiles of whatever kind, whatever it is, I can teach you. I can I can teach you pretty much all that. Um, educating people, talking to people, having intelligent conversations with people. I can get you through that. What I can't teach you is what it's like to be a woman in a field with really dominated by men. And I, I can't have those discussions with you and help you understand that. What I need you to do is come down here with me, meet my friend Marissa, uh, learn from her. She runs her own nonprofit too and also you know works with crocodilians. Learn from her, watch her work, see what she does, ask her questions. These are things I can't answer for you. So uh, it was good. It was uh, it was pretty epic trip. We went on a pretty another pretty crazy adventure a few weeks after that, but I can't get into that. That one's that, confidential. That one's confidential currently because that one's going to be continuing again next week uh, when I head back to somewhere crazy to do some crazy stuff. Eventually, at, that will be a story. When that, yes. you know, Lord willing, if that works out, that'll be quite the story. But we'll we'll let that one hang off until uh, it'll all be declassified. Yeah, at some point. When, when it's redact, unredacted. Yes, we'll uh, we'll get into that whole different story. But yeah, it's been it's been a been a great summer, and it is what it is. But all right. So um, again, today on the podcast, we're joined by Tracy Frampton of the Florida Wildlife Hospital. I reconnected with Tracy again over over the summer, actually a couple of times. There was one time I was randomly talking to Keith Winston, the Brevard Zoo, and he goes, guess who I'm standing here talking to? And I said, I don't know, Keith. <laughs> who, I'm like, it could be... It's a pretty it could, wide yeah, open it could question. Be, it could be anybody. I mean, that's, a, that's a, yeah, it's maybe an interesting question. Um, and he goes, I'm sitting here talking to Tracy Frampton. And I go, Tracy Frampton? I'm like, holy moly, man. She trained my Shelties back in the day. I'm like, what's Tracy doing? And he's like, well, she's doing stuff here for the zoo. And I'm like wait, what's going on now? I'm like, <laughs> I got lost in translation somewhere or something. I'm like, were you talking about the same Tracy? And uh, he started chuckling and goes, yeah. And I'm like, it, we, and we re reconnected after that again when I had found a bunch of uh, possums and I walked into your place. Everybody knows I kind of have like a, a super affinity for possums. They're like, I think they're my favorite mammal. I'm sorry, humans. It kind of is what it is. I think they probably <laughs> no, that, are my valid. favorite. <laughs> they probably are my favorite mammal. I love my dogs and stuff, but possums are so flipping cool. I remember walking in there with a whole arm full of possums and you were standing there. I was like, Tracy, like what's happening? What's going on? And, and you were telling me that you now are the director down there at the Florida Wildlife Hospital. Tell us, tell us the whole story. Tell, tell us how long you've been down there and uh, all about that. I have been there for eight years and um, I, w I had been in the zoo business for 28 years and it was just kind of getting to be time for a change. And one of the volunteers I worked with at the Brevard Zoo, she did scrub jay work with me, um, butterfly surveys with me. And so we knew each other pretty well. She was also involved at the wildlife hospital. And when they knew that they were going to have an opening, she's like, hmm, <laughs> what, 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 would you be interested in maybe 
applying for the position. And I've been frontline staff most of my career. I've been out in the field. Um, I was a, a lead keeper for a while, but mostly it was frontline staff. I wasn't a supervisor. And that's a big transition to be an executive director. So I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'm really qualified, but sure, I'll come interview. And um, they offered me the job before I got home. Uh, they called me um, and there certainly was a learning curve and there still is but there was a learning curve but I had such a good relationship with Brevard Zoo and their HR department and everything that I could reach out to them for ideas and suggestions and get some coaching along the way um, and yeah it's been a it's been a strange ride but it's been very interesting so people hear about the Florida Wildlife Hospital you guys are very well known for what this is your 50th year it is uh you guys have been in the community a cornerstone of helping wildlife here in the community for forever you know 50 years is a long is a long time here in the space coast tell us uh a little bit about how the florida wildlife hospital has changed over the years and all the work you guys are currently doing i remember looking at the the write-up you guys had in the wall of all the different species of animals you guys had in there that you were currently rehabbing and was blown away because i'm like that ain't the biggest place in the world you know what i mean right. how in the world okay one that that's that's got to require tons of people and tons of hours to keep all that going and uh vets and everybody else and tell us a little bit about the the working pieces and parts of the Florida Wildlife Hospital? Sure. So we are on five acres. Um, most people that drop off animals see we have a teeny tiny parking lot and a teeny <laughs> tiny office, and they have no idea what goes on beyond that. Um, we're in a 4,000 square foot building, um, and we have about a dozen pre-release enclosures outside, um, which is very very important for the patients. It's like somebody who's been in the hospital. You need to go through rehab and get your strength back. However, when people are in the hospital and they come home, they can still go to the grocery store. Um, these animals have to be able to hunt and escape predators once they're released. So they really need to be in top shape. So we try and fix them up in the building and then we send them out to our outdoor enclosures to get their strength back. Um, I was painting today all day out in the heat because we have a new enclosure we're building that has four separate enclosures for hawks and owls and we're getting close to finishing it and we had a team from Home Depot Foundation out there helping um, so I wanted to be out there working with them so um, yeah we wear a lot of hats there um, so we see on average about 5,000 patients a year what kind of wildlife can you take in? We can take in anything native to Florida and migratory birds, except we don't do alligators. <laughs> we don't do venomous snakes. We don't do marine mammals and we don't do sea turtles. Um, we probably could only take a young bear. We're not set up for an adult Gosh. bear. Um, we have had an adult bobcat. We can take coyotes. Um, we had one time somebody showed up with a, a bird nest about that big with three hummingbird chicks in it. Awesome. Um, bald eagles. I mean, you just never know what's going to come through the door. And that, that's what makes it so interesting. Yeah, I know we were out doing research not too long ago, uh, a couple of months ago, and came across a 
a bald eagle that was injured. It was a, a fledgling. And uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife met us out there and secured it. Uh, Jim Lyon did, and he took it and dropped it off to you guys. So I, there, without you guys and what you do here on the Space Coast, and really, it's uh, kind of all of Central Florida, there ain't anybody else that's doing it to the level you guys are doing it. Correct. There are some other rehabbers um, doing it out of their homes, and they do an, a good job. Um, they just don't have the capacity that we have. We have... 10 full-time employees, six part-time employees, about 80 to 100 volunteers. Um, we have a couple of contractor folks. Um, we've hired our first ever vet on our 50th year. Awesome. She's part-time and she's a contractor, but she was uh, working. She volunteered with us for a bit, started working with us. She Most of her career was with companion animals, so she didn't have a lot of experience with wildlife. So she came in as an entry level, low is low, because she just wanted to work, learn wildlife, and then we moved her into our vet. I'm hoping we can move her to full-time next year, but um, you know that all takes that <laughs> it does and we don't charge ever for our services so 5,000 patients a year we never charge um, the only thing that we really charge for is if we come to do a program for you with our ambassador animals uh, so yeah it's a lot to keep going on donations um, and we really appreciate everybody that brings animals into us um, that they care enough to put it in a box and bring it in so yeah I know our family is always been one of those that if somebody calls us and asks about uh, asks about where to take animals we always mention you guys and we're always like man if you take something and drop it off there leave them some money with it like leave them yeah. something with <laughs> it because it all cost it all cost money right yeah it isn't right. free for you guys to just randomly take these things and they don't feed themselves they don't take care of themselves they don't go take and drop themselves back off in the wild again there's there's a, a bunch of pieces and puzzle pieces to the whole thing for sure and a lot of times we've gotten really good in the last couple of years of renesting. So somebody brings us a, a young bird or a, a fledgling bird. If they're willing, we ask them to take it back. We give them instructions on how to do that. Awesome. Put it in a basket that will drain if it rains. Put it back where you found it. The parents show up. We have so many videos of the parents coming right back. Um, owls are especially um, good at that. Great horned owls are big, majestic birds, but they're terrible at building nests. <laughs> and so we do get a fair amount of great horned owls that fall out of the nest, and we just go back. If we can get a tree company to help us, we put a laundry basket up in the tree with some, you know, pine straw or whatever, put the chicks in that. And I've been able to do that before. And before we even totally lowered the lift, the, the parents fly right back in and like, ooh, this is nice. And you know, that is such an important myth to dispel in our society because so many people are under that misguided belief that if a bird falls and you touch it, the parent won't take it back. They'll smell you, they'll, you, they'll abandon it. No, put it back. Yes, put it back. absolutely. And that's true with the mammals as well. The mammals are even better because they can actually pick their babies up and carry them. Um, and we have a lot of video of that as well. Possums are about the only ones we don't really try and re-nest because mama possum has so many babies. She doesn't count. And, you know, they when they start coming out of the pouch and she's she sometimes drops them. So those we don't necessarily recommend that. But for the squirrels and um 
a lot of the songbirds, we really try to get them back. And our front desk staff is really good. And she'll run out and um, put a box up with some bark on it. The woodpeckers are going right back in. I mean, it's just so neat to see that when that works. I know a lot of times, you know, like when I dropped all those possums there recently, some people think animals, are, we deal with a lot with alligators, of course, Animal people think the animal is a baby and don't realize it's actually well beyond the time <laughs> it's with their with, with its parents. And, you know, you had told me that with those possums. I'm like, I remember I asked you that. I said, you know, at this size, they're the size of my hand. Are they already beyond being with their mother or are they already on their own? Um, you know, because, I mean, they were with the mother on the side of the road, but like, could they make it on their own? Could they not make it on their own? What are some of the biggest misconceptions other than of course you know what we just covered with the birds that you see with wildlife care or wildlife rescue um a lot of people want to do it themselves and even a week of them feeding the wrong food can start to cause metabolic bone disease um, which can lead to fractures it makes the bones weak um, that's the biggest thing that we really try and emphasize. Please get this animal to us right away because it needs to have the right food. Um, a lot of people try and feed things and they can aspirate. Oh, well, we gave it a bunch of water. No, don't, oh. don't give it anything, please. Um, so those kinds of things are really important. The sooner you can get it to re a rehabber, the better its chances. Plus, pretty much almost any species we get, we have more of them. So they're going to be raised with uh, conspecifics. Yeah. And they won't imprint on people like they would if you have one in your house. And once they get imprinted on people, there's likelihood of success in the wild is not good. Yep, not a whole lot you can do from that point, is there? Right, no. So of all the different species you have come in, I'm sure you have your favorites. What are, what are your I favorites? I don't really. I, oh, come on, you Tracy. Know, you don't have a favorite? And even, even in all the years of working in zoos, I've worked anything from endangered insects to elephants. And I just find things, everything so fascinating. <laughs> I just love the behavior. I love the look. Um, yeah, I really... Maybe loggerhead shrikes, they are okay. extra cool. Yeah. But um, really, I just find all the species so interesting. And it's just so wonderful when you get to release them back in the wild again. I was telling Bill and Cindy about uh, spotted skunks and how awesome they are. Oh, they're so cute. Do you guys see quite a few well, come through? Not quite a few, get, but a few. We don't get many, but we have had yeah. them and we have released them. We've had pups come in and we have been able to release them they are adorable like the cutest the cutest animal you ever seen that'll do a handstand and do every dance <laughs> on the planet for you yeah <laughs> so you were telling me a little bit about your you know, your background so i knew you were doing stuff with scrub jays you were doing scrub re relocations you said you had a zoo background yes tell us about that so i started out um with a zoology degree and I was still working the same stupid summer job I'd worked after I graduated from college because I wasn't getting anywhere. And so I had a heart to heart with my folks, said, I'm not getting anywhere. I really want a job. I want to just take the truck and go and find a job. Their only stipulation was you have to go visit your brothers. So I know you'll be safe. <laughs> One brother lived. I'm from Ohio. Okay. One brother's in South Carolina, one's in Maryland. So I went to South Carolina, visited with him, handed out resumes, all the drive down, blah, blah, blah. Then went to Maryland. When I was in Maryland, I got an interview at a zoo in South Carolina. And that was, um, I, I had applied for a mammal 
keeper position. Um, they had already filled that, but they wanted to know if I wanted a bird position. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> You'll get my foot in the door. You, I can never stress enough, you never know where these opportunities come from. I got this bird position. I was working with a bird researcher because we were raising some finches for him. And he um, does a lot of work in Africa. And I said, well, next time you go back to Africa, I'd love to go with you. Well, I ended up getting to work with him for three months in Cameroon studying these birds. Um, then that led to other trips. I was able to go to Belize and uh, Costa Rica studying mannequins, which are a really cool little bird. Um, I went to Venezuela and studied uh, white-faced sake, so I've gotten to do, and it would never have started without getting that bird position. So I was there for five years in the bird department, and then I moved to Rhode Island, where I met my now husband. Um, he was an elephant keeper, and I was a penguin keeper, so we always argued about who stunk more, um, <laughs> and we always thought it was the other one, so... <laughs> Um, he moved into design and construction and is at Brevard Zoo. Okay. Um, and um, I was doing Central and South America species, all birds, mammals, reptiles. Um, then we moved now, to... Now, hold on. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, no. Where in Rhode Island? Uh, Roger Williams Park Zoo. Okay. Okay. Yes. I grew up in Seacock, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah, of course. And used to walk over to Slater Park, which mm -hmm. had a little zoo. Yes. And uh, yeah, I just, they had tigers. They had tigers yeah, and yeah. they had polar bears. And it was, uh, it was the weirdest little thing because you just walk over there. But uh, yeah, it's cool. Then. Yes, I work polar bears at Roger Williams okay. also. Uh, penguins and polar, or, or of course, if you're from there, they're pulebies. And yeah. it took me a <laughs> while to figure out what that meant. What do you mean, where are the pulebies? Uh, oh, oh, polar oh, bears. Polar bears. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, so we were there for eight years, and then he got a job in Oregon at the Oregon Zoo. So I followed him. We got married while we're there. Then we ended up down here. He had actually my my husband's grandmother lived in Titusville, and he came down here for an interview, um, and it was really nice. She lived about I don't know seven months after we moved here, so we got oh. to spend some time with her. But that was really nice to kind of come full circle. No doubt. Yeah, and I had kids at that time, so I was working part time at the zoo. Um, do an animal registrar work, and then I moved to the conservation department, got to work with the Perdido Key beach mice and the scrub jays, and um, every friends laugh, but I say that doing the scrub jays, it was just, I loved just getting out in the field, and I had a job where I could pee in the woods, and it was <laughs> awesome. It was awesome. I would four-wheel drive up at Buck Lake by yeah. myself, finding the birds because they were all color banded so we knew who was with whom and yeah it, it was really a neat project wow see okay so when i met you when you were working at uh what it was barkingham palace mm -hmm. at that time i had no idea any of this you know i oh, had yeah. i had no idea that you that your background with wildlife i i had no idea i knew you were an amazing dog trainer well, I knew you. you. I knew you were. My my Sheltie would not bark at me quite as much, and he wouldn't he wouldn't nip at my ankles quite as much. And he loved running through tubes and over things. And he'd still he'd still look at you like, yeah, but why? But but okay, this is cool and all, but why am I doing this? Oh, because it makes you happy. Copy that. Yes, sir. Okay, now now I understand what's going on. And then I remember you know meeting you with the whole scrub jay thing, 
and discussing that with you. And then I started going, this lady wears as many hats, if not more hats than I do in the wildlife world, which there ain't many of us that can say that, which is, it's, it, I was like, <laughs> wow, she is impressive. So well, it's, thank you. it's so neat to see you up here running this organization now, uh, again, which is a, a background, a, a, back, a, a backbone, uh, like a true uh, spine of the, the area organization, keeping everything kind of held together uh, animal rescue-wise. It's just mind-boggling. Uh, anyhow, I digress. Ah, I digress. Um, I knew we wouldn't make it a whole episode. I knew <laughs> it's it. It's one of my favorite terms. Without him digressing. <laughs> so you said you guys now with your 50-year anniversary are having uh, monthly open houses to kind of yes. learn more about the organization, how you guys run it, things yes. of that nature. We have so many longtime donors that have no idea. You know, we try to explain it. I brought a newsletter. We try and show things in our newsletter, but without seeing it yourself, you just don't, it's hard to grasp what all happens behind the scenes. And so we thought, you know, in honor of our 50th anniversary, you're not really supposed to have people in your animal areas because they need to stay wild. So we're not open to the public. But with these small guided tours, they can see what's going on. They may not necessarily see many patients, but they can see the facility. They can see our really awesome digital x-ray machine and our cold laser therapy machine and our, sh and our womb vac machine and um, all the different rooms that we have. And then we can walk out on the property and they can see we have a 100-foot flight cage because the larger raptors are required to have 100 feet to strengthen their flight muscles. Um, so we have a 100-foot flight cage in addition to all the other cages we have. So they just have no idea. So we thought, well, we'll do that. We'll just do one a month. Well, they filled up so fast. The last few months, we've actually been doing three to four a month. Um, and I, we were just going to do it for this year, but I think we'll continue them next year because they have been very popular. I say it's got to be a, a great way to renew funding, too, with people and renew memberships when they see all the incredible things you guys are doing. They can see it firsthand and go, right. oh, that's what my money's going toward. Right. Let's do more of this. Yes. That's ingenious. Yes. Ingenious yes. and needed. Yes. Needed and ingenious. For sure. And we get a lot of people that sign up that aren't even members. It's a little higher cost for them. It's $10 for members and $15 for non-members. Um, but then we get a lot of those people join after they see the facility. So Transparency and, uh, you know, being straightforward with, especially with nonprofits and the stuff we're doing. Anytime you can include people with the, the work you're doing and kind of especially behind scenes like stuff like that, that's great. I mean, it's huge. It's, it's, it's huge. September 30th, you're having an event. Man, that's right around the corner. Yeah. September's like right here. <laughs> I know. We're moments away from yeah. September. It's I can't believe mm -hmm. we're, what, two weeks away from September? Yeah. It's crazy yeah. talk. You have an event uh, running wild? Yes. Tell me about that. We've done a 5K trail run for several years now at Wickham Park. So it goes through the trails and then on the road as well. So that's pretty neat. We found that um, it's so much work to put on a run that we decided not to do it this year. And Running Zone was like, you know what? Running Zone Foundation would like to do it and give you the proceeds. That is so amazing. So you just show up, bring your volunteers, because we need your volunteers, <laughs> um, bring your animals, show up, and they're doing the work. So you That's sign huge. up at Running Zone. They're still going to do it. Um, we, of course, won't make quite as much money, but... It's, the stress it's a, that's off you guys it, from not doing that. And it's a great event. We really like to be able to do it. So, yeah. 
So, okay, so that's September 30th. If people want to sign up for that, they go to the to website. The running, running Zone. Running Zone, Running Zone. You yes. guys have the links to that on your website? Uh, yes, we do. Okay. And let's see, November 18th, which again, we're so close to the end of the year. <laughs> I I'm know. Just, I keep thinking about this now. November 18th, you have Hoot in the Park. Yes. That's also in Wickham Park? Yes, that is in the big pavilion at Wickham Park. We have vendors, small businesses there. Um, Lure Course Brevard always sets up her dog Lure Course. Um, so her followers, because she has regular followers that do it anyway, come. She donates all the proceeds from that uh, for our event. So, And she usually does a smaller Lure Course if you've never done it before and you just want to try it with your dog. So she has two lower courses set up we have our ambassador animals there um it's small business saturday also so you can support small businesses santa will be there for your dog photos with santa i do that every year i'm a, I'm a fan yeah. <laughs> yeah it's pretty fun yeah. santa and mrs claus will be there um and we're really trying to grow it this year and we've got um gotten two presenting sponsors subaru of melbourne and one Sotheby's International Realty are both presenting sponsors this year, which is really awesome. Epic. Yeah, it's epic. Yeah, we're really excited about that. That's one of the many things we love about this podcast and doing things like this. When you have nonprofits and businesses, we have to be supporting one another. It doesn't it doesn't work otherwise. You know, we gotta be letting giving giving the the light to everybody else and kind of letting them get their voice out there and things be heard. So it's that's where it's at. I'm glad to hear so many people down there in that in the county and all over supporting you guys and what you're doing. Um, so I had one question based on what you asked earlier. You were talking about great horned owls falling out of nests. Um, my my brain, as soon as you said that, went to the weird fact that I know great horned owls steal nests from bald eagles, right? So I I wonder if those are those great horned owls, the young ones that are falling out of nests. <laughs> Are they are their parents nest thieves that they haven't got used to the nest and they didn't build it right and they fell out of it? I mean, could be. Am I overthinking <laughs> so it? No. You're trying to blame the owl. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what okay. it sounds like to that's me. Like, I'm just I'm very victim blaming. Yes. Yeah. No, just as soon as you said that, I went. It's the oh. owl's fault. No, I wonder if those are the nests that they've stole that then, then their kids fall out of it and they kind of go. Man, if I wouldn't have stole that nest, this might have never happened. <laughs> then they wouldn't have a nest, Frank. Well, yeah, in no, retrospect, I, I could have built one of my own and not been a nest thief. I bet the bald eagle nest is much better than the great horned owl. <laughs> you're right. So. Yeah, you're probably <laughs> right. Step up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. They, went, they went into the, into the, the hotel suite. Yes, that, yes. That, yes. The, the corner suite. Um, okay, so, oh, do we have trivia? That's a good question. Do we have do trivia? Do we have trivia? We have trivia. We've got the thumbs up from okay. the control room. Control room, tell us about our trivia. Tell us about Introduce it. yourself and tell us about our trivia. Okay, so I'm Maddie. Um, I'm giving you shark trivia. <laughs> shark trivia. Okay, how many trivia. shark trivia questions do we have? Uh, I can do five. Sweet. Yeah. Okay, is, um, all right. Yeah, I'll stop talking. <laughs> so the first question is, uh, which term is used to refer to baby sharks? I feel like I should start singing a song. Right. Yeah, don't sing the song. Man. Don't do that. <laughs> Do you know this one, Tracy? I, are they pups? They are. Ooh, wow. There nice we go. job. Good, Good job. job. Yeah. Okay. I feel pups. like you have the upper hand, though. Both of you we wildlife do people. Sharks. That's right. You don't do I say I don't play with sharks either. <laughs> so I honestly went, I don't know that I know this or not. I'm not sure. Good question. Okay. What's All next? Right. Um, what is a shark's skeleton made of? Ooh, is it, isn't cartilage? it cartilage? Yep. Pretty sure. Cartilage. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. Car cartilage. <laughs> um... How many teeth does a great white white shark have? 
Are we including all the rows of teeth too? Yeah. 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 All the teeth. Yep. Wow. 756. No. <laughs> That's a very specific number. Well, mm, uh, okay. That was your guess. I, li- I, liked, I liked the guess. It was, it was fair. Are we going with a number higher or lower than that? Just guess. <laughs> oh, she's like, you, oh, she's you do not, not get any layups. She's not helping you. Tracy, that is you have definitely ideas? my child. I'd say 250. Four, I was going to say 300. Frank's right. Are you serious? 300. He got That's it the, right. The job. first question no. I've got right in a long time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of that one. Thank you. Okay. Um, all right. Two more? Yeah, two more. Two more. What shark is responsible for the second highest number of human deaths? I would say tiger shark. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 You were on a roll. Well, he, he knows his shark. I, I remember. So, in Belize, I'm blaming Marissa's daughter on this one. In Belize, her daughter, I think, just turned nine or ten, and we were sitting there watching uh, shark videos, and on on YouTube, she's like, "Watch shark videos with me, Frank." And I said, oh, "Okay, let's watch shark videos." <laughs> and something came up where they were they were filming tiger sharks, and uh, the, the guy was mumbling about tiger sharks and. Somehow it's stuck in my head. I'm not really sure. Sorry, mumbling guy about tiger sharks. I apologize. All right. What's number five? All right. Number five is what is the name of a group of great white sharks? I don't remember this one from the video. Well, let's see. There's a pod of whales. So it wouldn't be probably not that. Um, It's a murder of crows. Murder of Mm -hmm. crows. There we go. Hmm. That uh, would be appropriate. Right. I feel like they be, missed the mark with that. Yeah. Although I, I get the idea that great white sharks, like a lot of critters, get kind of a bad rap. Right. So Aren't they kind of solitary creatures, though? I, I understand they they're supposed don't. to be a solitary animal. I don't. I Again, I'm sorry, shark people. Uh, we need to have a shark person on. We have a. We actually <laughs> have it lined up for a manta ray person to be coming oh, on. Nice. Which, again, I know nothing, I know nothing about. So um, I don't know anything about anything. Okay, every now man. Would it I be a school? Many, is it a school? It is a school. Whoa, oh, Tracy. there we go. <laughs> Killed it. Nice. Good job. Awesome. Good job. Wow. I was going to say gaggle. Yeah, that just gaggle. seems like it I would, would be called that. I would have never guessed. I mean, you think about you think about a school being a reasonable reply, but I didn't have the guts to say it. So, I mean, <laughs> oh, I was like, <laughs> there you go. There you go. I didn't have the fortitude to say such a thing. Uh, Tracy, thank you so much for being on here and chatting with us. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, we have a couple other things to talk about here real quick. Uh, we have an EcoFest event coming up on January 19th in Cocoa Village. Uh, that'll be a, literally a 9 o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night event. Uh, we'll be doing presentations in the Civic Center, which is on what? Is that Delaney? I think it's Delaney. Yeah, yeah, Delaney. We'll be uh, yeah, down there on Delaney from 9 to 4 inside the Civic Center, and then we'll be taking a nice one-hour uh, break while uh, we all try to rehydrate and recover <laughs> from a, the day inside, which shouldn't be that bad it's, it's an ac uh and to outside where we're gonna be having live music from 5 to 11 in the amphitheater which is about 30 feet back from it in the back in the back side there so yeah yeah, yeah. um well we have our main sponsors for that so far are pat fisher nissan brevard zoo which again another organization that's as tracy can tell you is a another keystone part of really florida and the, the work they do and they're doing a, a I mean, between the stuff they're doing with the Indian River Lagoon and the new, uh, the new aquarium project, there's, they have their hand into so many conservation projects that, that wouldn't happen without them. I mean, it's, it's, again, I could go on and on. Uh, Kelsey's Pizza up here in Titusville, the Space Coast Execu- Executive Jet Center, Executive, uh, <laughs> Lamp and Media, Media, and Ford Animal Rescue Mission. 
you might not have heard about them yet, but they're they're up and coming. I'll have to, ch- I'll have to chat with you about them. Uh, so yeah, um, that's uh, coming up. We're going to have more information about that on ears.org. Uh, did you know that there's actually, we have ears.org, ears.com, and alligatorrob.com. <laughs> Why I never say alligatorrob.com, I have no idea, because it's a lot easier yeah. to grasp than Yeah, people ears. just go, I know, I know how to spell alligator rob. Yeah, I don't know how to spell ears. Two Bs, guys, two Bs. Um, but anyhow, I'm not going to digress. I'm just going to pretend like I didn't but say it. But you already it. have. Too late. Yeah, yeah sorry, too late. <laughs> too late. Uh, Tracy, again, thank you so much for being here and chat with us. Uh, guys, appreciate you all being here. Episode one is in the books. Uh, We'll catch you all next week. Bye-bye.